Welcome to the Adoption and Foster Care Journey, a podcast to encourage, educate, and equip you to care for children and youth through adoption, foster, and kinship care. Hosted by an adoptive mom with over 22 years of kinship and adoptive parenting experience, she's on this journey with you. Please welcome Sandra Flack. Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. That is Proverbs 15, verse 22. Welcome to the Adoption and Foster Care Journey. I am your host, Sandra Flack, just back from my trip uh, to Colorado and Wyoming. You can tell by the sound of my voice that I brought something uh, back with me. Um, which is unfortunately COVID, but I'm on the mend and I sound probably worse than I feel. Um, But finally, I know this this podcast may be dropping even a day or two late uh, just because I actually didn't have a voice for several days, Um, but getting getting better, getting back there. So I can't wait to update you on um, the trip and everything that went down there. Um, In fact, today, uh, really, I will be sharing about on the topic of traveling with our kiddos who have trauma, uh, FASD, or any neurobehavioral disorder, because let's just say, I learned some things on this trip. Um, So before we get to all of that, I'd like to share some announcements with you. Natalie Vecchione of the FASD Hope Podcast and Sandra Flack of the Adoption and Foster Care Journey Podcast would like to invite you to join their Hope for the FASD Journey, a virtual support community for parents and caregivers raising individuals with an FASD, diagnosed or not. This faith-based community includes an online bi-monthly support group, a monthly VIP conversation, and a private Facebook group which includes a video devotional from Natalie and Sandra every Saturday. To register, visit justicefororphansny.org forward slash training forward slash F-A-S-D. Okay, now also don't forget our workshops. So I have several online workshops. Uh, in fact, coming up on Thursday, May 11th, May, right around the corner. I cannot believe it. But Thursday, May 11th at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, I am teaching a free Lunch and Learn Introduction to FASD. And on Wednesday, May 24th at 7 p.m. Eastern, I'm leading a three-hour deep dive into FASD. So it kind of takes, you know, just that introduction uh, a little bit deeper using the facets neural behavioral model. So it's about three hours. Um, Now, if you are, have you, if you've been listening and you've been thinking you want more, I am going to be offering uh, an 18-hour deep dive using the facets neurobehavioral model beginning Thursday, June 1st at 7 p.m. Eastern. It is virtual. It it breaks up into six uh, weeks. It's six 
three-hour sessions, and it takes us uh, deeper into the neurobehavioral model. We cover it all, um, and that's going to be uh, posted so that you can sign up for that. That they begin the first of the six weeks begins on June first. We do offer certificates of completion for all of our workshops, and if you are a social worker. Now we are um, able to offer licensed social workers in New York State uh, CEUs as well. So we just got that accreditation through New York State Department of Education for uh, licensed social workers. So great opportunity for social workers to get that training and be able to get the CEUs as well. To register for any of our online workshops or in-person workshops, uh, you can check out our website, justicefororphansny.org. Click on events at the top of the page and you will find a drop down menu or uh, you can scroll down through all of the scheduled workshops that we have. Um, and if you would like to, you know, maybe maybe you would like to have, um, have me come and uh, teach a workshop in person to your group, um, or maybe you yourself want to sign up for one that's not been scheduled yet, if you reach out to us, um, I'd be happy to schedule, get something on the calendar. I do travel. I'll be traveling uh, twice in May uh, to bring training in person uh, to a couple different uh, adoption and foster care conferences. Um, so I'm always open to do that. Uh, so you can t get a get a listing of all of the different trainings that I do um, and that JFO offers, but specifically the FASD trainings um, on our website. Just go to justicefororphansny.org and click on trainings. And if you click on FASD, you'll find the ones that I teach. Um, and then that way you can look and see if there's something that you would like to set up um, for, for, for the future. And, um, you know, always flexible with the cost and whatnot. So just reach out and let me know because I can set up online or in-person trainings. Always, always happy to do that. Um, there is a link to our website in the show notes, so that makes it easy for you to go there and check that out. Um, and also, don't forget about our 21 bonus episodes with Dr. Jared Brown. Um, those are a great library of episodes on trauma, FASD, autism, um, all of the things. Um, we really focused in on topics of particular interest to adoptive and foster parents, prenatal trauma, complex trauma. We talk a lot about FASD, but not just that. Uh, we get into the effects of screen time and sugary uh, beverages and foods and executive function and um, just all of the things that, that really we are um, um, you know, encounter raising the children that we're caring for. And he takes us kind of really in the weeds on all the brain things. So which is such educational and informative episodes, um, even great for your child's counselor or social worker or special education teacher to listen to, just really excellent content. Um, so make sure you check out those. They're in our, our uh, library there of episodes that you can check out. And uh, they're all indicated as those bonus episodes with Dr. Brown. Um, and we're going to be doing some more down the road with Dr. Brown because he was so popular. 
with you all. So stay tuned for those. And to make sure that you don't miss a single episode, please make sure that you subscribe to this podcast. um, So you can always have them in your inbox, but also so that other foster adoptive and kinship caregivers can be encouraged and equipped to and they can find the show. So again, I apologize for the sound of my voice. I'm pretty sure I won't cough on you or sneeze on you. Um, I'm not contagious to you because you're listening to me remotely. Um, But my voice does definitely sound, you know, like I have a cold because I pretty much feel like I have a cold at this point. Um, It's pretty wild because I have flown and traveled five times in the past 10 months. And this is the first time that I came home and within a couple of days um, started to feel sick. Um, At first, I thought it was the difference in climates because when we were in Denver and Wyoming, it was a very dry, dusty climate. And then when we got home to upstate New York, um, it seemed like in the week we were gone, everything blossomed because it was in the 80s, which was unseasonably warm for early April. And all of the dandelions, which I am allergic to, were already in full bloom. My lawn was covered. So the first couple days with a scratchy throat and some sneezing, I really thought it was allergy related. And then, um, you know, within a couple of days after that, it was like, oh, this is definitely something way more than allergies. So I took a test and sure enough, it was positive. So I have been just hunkered down, sleeping and resting and taking my supplements and drinking my water and, you know, doing all the things of just resting. Um, My family has been great with letting me do that. And thankfully, nobody else has gotten sick. And I'm just praying that it stays that way. So um, I'm Came kind of came late to recording this episode because I'd been resting and just didn't. I sounded ter- terrible, more terrible than I sound actually right now. Um, <clears throat> so I think I'll be able to make it through with you, and just praying that you'll be blessed by the episode and feel supported, and um, hopefully we'll just continue to to groove on along here um, and get beyond being sick. So um, yeah, so traveling with our kiddos, right? Um, Summer vacations and family trips, something most people look forward to. Uh, For those of us raising children from hard places, um, kids who have trauma histories or prenatal exposure or other neurobehavioral conditions, we may look ahead to those trips with more like fear and trepidation and not so much um, fun and relaxation, right? for our, our regular listeners know that I recently had the opportunity to travel to focus on the family in Colorado Springs uh, to record a couple of video modules on fetal alcohol spectrum disorders. Huge blessing, huge opportunity that I feel like the Lord opened up. Um, so I was super excited about this trip and since The trip would put me only about five hours away from my daughter and baby grandson who live in Wyoming. Um, We decided that my husband, Wayne, and our 17-year-old son uh, with an FASD would join me um, on this trip. And after I was done at Focus, we would then drive up to Wyoming and spend a few days with them, with with my daughter and son-in-law and baby grandson. My husband had not met in person yet our grandson who was born last June um, with a congenital heart defect 
I'd been uh, three times already to the Denver hospital. Like, I've been to Denver three times in the past 10 months, and it was literally I went from the airport to the hospital and to the hotel and like back and forth. And that was all I ever saw of, of Colorado or Denver. So I was excited to actually go and see more uh, than that and for a better, you know, like a more enjoyable reason and to finally get to go to Wyoming to um, spend some time with my grandson for the first time ever outside of the hospital. So we were super excited about this trip. And of course, because our son, our 17-year-old son has an FASD, um, we knew that he would do best if he actually traveled with us rather than trying to figure out um, care for him at home. Uh, So uh, the three of us traveled together and we'd traveled together before. Um, It had it's been a number of years since he's flown. I'm trying to think I think he might have been I don't know 12. um, The last time he flew. Um, So he was, you know, maybe 10. But he was much younger the last time we flew and did well back then, um, but now he's older and he's a teenager. So I was actually surprised with some of the challenges we faced on this trip, which I didn't anticipate. Um, but overall, the trip, you know, was really went really well. Um, and we do frequently visit our camp in the Adirondacks, which I talk about here a lot on this show as well. Um, it's a three-hour drive from our home, but that's more like home away from home, Um, though my son does have a hard time with that transition um, going, you know, from home to camp. And then after we're there and it's time to come home, um, leaving camp and coming home, he has a hard time with that transition, the packing, the planning, the loading, like all of that stuff. But he does so much better at camp than he even does at home. And he recognizes that himself. He would actually prefer to be there than home. But I really didn't anticipate, uh, as long as I prepared properly, right, and had a plan in place, I didn't anticipate too much trouble with him being able to to, to travel because he had flown before. Um, but, you know, camp, you know, th- three hours going to camp is way different than flying across the country and then like traversing two states by car, right? So I did do some planning ahead, um, taking my son and his FASD into consideration, Um, you know, I do consider it overall a success, but it wasn't without a few bumps along the way. So today I would like to share with you some travel tips, um, you know, and some things that I learned and, you know, hoping that it will help you prepare for any travels that you may have coming up with your family, with your kiddos. Um, so I kind of came up with five tips, travel tips um, that I'll share with you. So they are, um, here's the five, I'll give you in a list and then we'll kind of break them down. So of course, prayer, always start with prayer, plan ahead, prepare your kiddo, adjust your expectations, and practice gratitude. So those are the five. And I'm going to start, of course, first and foremost with prayer bathe everything in prayer, um, asking the Lord to help me remember everything that I need to remember, you know, like what to pack, 
remembering the medications, making the reservations for everything, um, remembering to check in for my our flights, um, remembering like, okay, who's got the pet at home? You know, there's as as caregivers, you know, and if you're listening to this and you're the mom, you especially know, um, you know, at least at my house, I was the one that, you know, made all the hotel reservations, made all the flight reservations, made the rental car reservations, checked in on everything, had the boarding passes on my phone, you know, made sure everything, everybody had everything, um, you know, packed and ready to go. And while, you know, while my husband runs um, a very successful business and has done that for like 40 years. He really relies on me to handle things like travel arrangements and all of that because I I travel more than he does actually. I fly way more than he does. So he was like very happy to just like go along with everything and I set it all up, right? So um, I had to remember all of the things. Um, so I, I, you know, I don't, um, you know, consider myself so um, organized and, um, you know, plan, planned out, like, like, I needed the Lord to help me remember all of the things because I was, you know, concerned that I would forget some things. So prayer, of course, first and foremost, great place to start with all of that. But also, you know, in addition to just asking us you know, asking, I was asking the Lord for help in all of the preparations leading up to the trip, but also each day of the trip, asking the Lord for his guidance and his protection and for his wisdom and discernment so that, um, you know, we would be tuned into him. So, um, you know, probably goes without saying, uh, but bathe everything in prayer, um, first and foremost. And then, of course, um, second is where we're going to plan ahead. Um, again, make the to-do list and the packing list. Um, that's something, of course, I had to do. And when it comes to our kiddos, we have to take their needs into consideration and plan, right? Um, for our kiddos with FASD, we need to take into consideration their primary symptoms, the things that they tend to struggle with and where they have a hard time, um, and make sure that we are making accommodations accordingly because um, that will help um, them be successful. And I'll explain a little bit more as we get into this. But prior to the trip, I ordered a sunflower lanyard, you know, one of those lanyards you can wear around your neck, like when you go to a conference and it has your badge on it and all your, all that. Um, uh, maybe you know this, maybe you don't, but the sunflower is the international symbol for disabilities, developmental disabilities. So you could actually check out at your, at your airport. I looked at my local airport online and you could get these there. You can also order them online. There is a website. If you if you were to search online, sunflower lanyard disabilities, you would come up with a lot of different places that you can order. The one, um, and, and I probably should make sure this goes in the show notes accurately because I don't have it off the top of my head. I got a little bit of that COVID fog going on, but um, it was based out of the UK and I was concerned that it wouldn't come fast enough for our trip, because I only had a couple of weeks or less by the time I realized I need to get this. And the ones out of the UK, um, you can actually get the badges to, that are already printed and they say FASD on them. 
Um, or you can do what I did, and I just ordered mine off of Amazon um, and then um, put our own information in there. I, I was able to, um, we got a not, we live in New York State, so I was able to, to go to the motor vehicle, the Department of Motor Vehicle, and I got a non driver ID for our son because he's 17 and a half, and he really doesn't, and because he's homeschooled, he doesn't have a school ID, so he didn't have an actual form of ID with a picture on it. So I, went there and we got him a non-driver ID so he had an official ID we put that in um, you know the spot on the lanyard where you can put the badge um, and then you can also um, put on there uh, the you know print out you know the disabilities you know what your child has a hard time with um, the parents contact phone number and, and and name and whatnot just so if there was a separation or if your child is having a hard time or whatever it is the airport you know the flight crew and the folks at the airport they know what that sunflower lanyard stands for and um, they acknowledge that so you're able to get some extra help if you need it um, you know so my son had lots of questions um, you know especially when we were on the airplane he wanted to know like how fast is the plane going and and how many thousands of feet are we in the air and when are we going to arrive so he's he's 17 looks at first you know pretty neurotypical but you know, he's he has an FASD, he has a lower IQ. Um, so the flight attendants were wonderful with him. The crew was great. Um, and I, I think having that lanyard on and they could easily identify by just that, that he had a disability and would need some help. They were so, so patient with him. They answered every question and they even took extra time. Like, one, you know, a couple times they would come, they came over on two different flights. They actually have, I don't know if it was an iPad or not, but it looked like an iPad because they pulled up the screen and they had all of the details about how, how high we were flying and all these different like technical things. And they showed it to him and they talked to him about it and all of that. So um, he felt a little bit more secure because he has a really difficult time riding in the car. Um, so while he did well on the airplane overall, he needed to have he needed to know those things. That helped him feel a little bit better. Now, my friend Debbie Raymond, um, who is also a mom of a kiddo with an FASD, um, and she's taken several. She's also now a facilitator of the Facets Neurobehavioral Model as well. And you may know Debbie. She moderates a lot of different support groups, and, and um, she is fabulous. And um, she has wonderful travel tips, uh, especially from last year when she and her son Wyatt flew to Europe. Um, you know, she even took him to the airport the day before their flight so he would know exactly what to expect. She invested a lot of time calling ahead and explaining what her son's needs were. Um, and, you know, they utilized the sunflower lanyard as well, not only when flying, but when they, um, I believe they took the train and bus transportation in Europe, and he was able to wear that everywhere. And she really called ahead for on, on um, each you know, transportation that they were going to be utilizing and everywhere that they were going to be staying. Um, everybody knew ahead of time what her son's needs were. Um, and, and she just did a remarkable job, like above and beyond anything that I did. And, you know, she as a single mom with a teenage son with an FASD, they were able to enjoy an amazing trip to Europe and back um, because of her 
careful, uh, detailed, uh, thoughtful planning to help make that trip successful for her son and herself, really. So um, I'm not going to say that I have all the answers. Um, I think Deb has even more answers than I do. But she was certainly an inspiration for me because I didn't know anything about the sunflower lanyard. um, And I had heard that from her um, and definitely use that for, um, and and it's not even, I I feel like it's not even just for flying or any using any transportation, but anywhere that you may go, um, it would be uh, beneficial to have, um, you know, if if your child um, is in need of that level of support, um, the sunflower lanyard is a great way to have that identification. Uh, So definitely um, something to consider. One challenge we faced for our return flight home was a very, very long security line at the Denver airport. This was the fourth time that I had flown in and out of Denver in the past year, Um, the first time with my family. Um, And this was the first time the security line was like a mile long. We were getting, I was getting some alerts on my phone because um, it was like spring break for a lot of places so that the airlines were letting customers know to expect longer lines, but I really wasn't expecting a line as long as we encountered. Um, And my son was beginning to have a difficult time waiting in that line. He gets very anxious if he thinks we're running late for anything. Um, And this was starting to present because he was afraid we were going to miss our flight. Um, I had planned for us to arrive at the airport well in advance of our flight. So I knew even with that long line that we were not going to be late. We were not going to miss our flight. We were there way earlier than we needed to be good thing. Um, The line did keep moving. We weren't really standstill for very long. It kept moving through and we did make it in plenty of time. But there was, you know, one point where I thought, "Mm, if he continues to have a hard time, I'm going to flag down, um, you know, somebody in security and I would have used the sunflower lanyard and his identification and, um, you know, asked to be moved to the head of the line because he would have, you know, would have gotten way, if it would have gotten way worse. Um, He hasn't had a panic attack ever, um, but he definitely, I could tell his anxiety was, was increasing, you know, and, and uh, I wanted to avoid any problem. Um, But because it was moving quickly, and I knew we had enough time, um, I was just monitoring how he was doing. um, And we did get through in plenty of time. So in your planning ahead, plan uh, ahead always for um, extra time, allow extra time um, wherever you're going, especially if you have a kiddo who tends to have stress or anxiety, because he has a hard time with that in the car when we're just going, you know, to the grocery store, and we're not really scheduled for anything. And we're not late going to the store, but just you know, if he thinks we're late, or if the red light feels like it's taking too long for him, he gets easily stressed out about things like that. So a long security line at the airport was starting to stress him out. Thankfully, we made it through. It wasn't a problem, but definitely allow yourself plenty of time. Um, if if it looked like we were going to be late, um, and 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 you know, I was try to, to try to teach my son, you know, if mom is worried, you know 
then it's time to worry. But mom's not worried. We have plenty of time. I was always reassuring him. Um, but if had if I had started to worry about the time, I would have had to um, speak to someone in security to see if we could get bumped up um, ahead. And I think that the fact that he had the, the sunflower lanyard would have helped us to be able to do that more successfully. So enough on that. Um, when planning ahead also, I have always booked a hotel with an indoor pool because when he was littler, especially swimming always helped him burn energy off. So before we would go to bed at night, we would always go down to the time at the pool and he could swim and kind of like unwind that way. And that always helped. Now that he's a teenager, very interestingly on this trip, he actually preferred the workout room at the hotel over the pool. Um, and so my husband was great because by the end of the day, I was like, no, you know, it's one thing to go crash at the pool in one of those chairs and just sort of like watch him swim. But I really didn't want to go stand in the workout room. <laughs> Um, but my husband was always looking for something to do because he's not a guy that likes to sit still. So he was very happy to take Slava um, to, the, to the workout room so he could, you know, run, run on the treadmill or pick up some weights, whatever he felt like he needed to do. And that really helped him as well. Um, another thing was um, I booked two adjoining rooms um, for the hotel so that there was three of us, um, but it would give us a little bit more space. And then we would have two bathrooms to share between the two of us. Um, so that was very helpful. However, on the Wyoming part of our trip, very interestingly enough, even though I had booked the adjoining rooms, when we checked in, I was told that their hotel doesn't even have a joining room. So I had, I had booked online. Um, so there was some discrepancy there, but they gave us two rooms right next to each other. They just were not adjoining. So we couldn't open up the door inside so that we were like in two big rooms that were connected. We had to um, have two separate rooms. So my husband was very kind to share a room with our teenage son so that this mama actually ended up with a room all to herself, which was kind of like a win-win. So um, we weren't in the hotel all that much except for at night to sleep. So when we would go back, um, you know, we would go back and forth between our two rooms and then at night we'd be locked in and, and set until morning. But um, that was another way that we planned just to have extra space and a little bit more comfort. Um, that helped all of us out, actually. Um, and also as part of planning ahead, um, you know your kiddo's diet, you know what they need. Um, so pack snacks accordingly. If they have, you know, if they're gluten-free, any dietary restrictions, make sure you have plenty of whatever you know they're gonna need. And a water bottle so that they can have, uh, you know, stay hydrated. On our trip, it was super important. We were in Colorado and we were in Wyoming and it was a very dry climate compared to what we were used to here in upstate New York. So we had to stay hydrated. Um, fidgets are very helpful, especially if your kiddo relies on fidgets. If they have, you know, a certain stuffy that they need to have with them or their electronics that they need to have, make sure that they have whatever they need so that they'll feel at home and successful. Um, and you know what? Have them help you with this process so that they will know that they have what they need and they'll feel more secure. 
simply by them being part of the packing process. They'll know it got packed. They'll know that they have the things that they need, um, you know, age appropriate, of course, but have them have their own backpack, their own carry-on if you're flying with those things in it so that they have access to those things. Super important. So make sure you're planning ahead um, and plan for all of those things. Um, and then next, prepare your kiddo. Prior to traveling as part of our homeschooling, we looked over a, a map of the United States so that my son could see, you know, this is where we are here in New York and this is where we're flying to. These are the airports that we're going to be stopping at. And then this is, you know, we're going to land in Denver and then this is Colorado Springs. And then we're going to go, we're going to drive south and then we're going to drive north to Wyoming. So he could see it on a map, um, you know, and, and that helped. I also went over the schedule with him ahead of time. Uh, this helped him to know what to expect for our trip when we landed in Denver on a Monday afternoon. We had to drive south to Colorado Springs where we would spend two days. I would be at Focus on the Family for half a day on Tuesday. And then my husband and Slava would join me for lunch at Focus. So I, I went over all these plans with him. And um, and then when we were done at Focus, the next day, we would be making our five, six hour drive up to Gillette, Wyoming to see our daughter and her family. So we explained to him all of these things so he would know the schedule ahead of time. And then every day we reviewed the schedule with him in the morning so he would know what to expect. Um, also, my daughter and her husband have three dogs and we knew that they would bark uh, when we arrived at their house each day. Um, and, and, you know, my my son has a hard time when our one dog barks if like the UPS man shows up or whatever. So we wanted him to know that ahead of time. Um, and also, while we were welcome to stay at my daughter's house, because they had an extra bedroom for us, we decided in advance to stay at a nearby hotel instead, because that would be less stressful for our son. Um, you know, so we paid the extra money to be able to do that. And um, it really worked out best for him because he really did have that time to decompress so that, you know, we were you know, that was kind of our schedule every day while we were in Wyoming. We would get up in the morning and have breakfast and do meds. And then we would meet our daughter and her family, do the things that we were going to do that day. And then in the evening after dinner, go back to the hotel. Um, and then on that last Sunday morning, we went to church with them and then drove back down to Denver where we would stay a night and then fly out early Monday morning. So he knew the schedule in advance. And then every morning we reviewed the schedule. Um, and all of these details were important to discuss with him in advance and review because it helped him to feel more um, in control, more, you know, he knew more what to expect because he, he needs routine, he needs structure, he needs to know what's coming ahead of time. So, you know, as parents, we're exerting a lot of energy, not just, um, you know, in all the packing and planning ahead of time, but each day, um, you know, so, so preparing them um, it's a lot more work every step of the way, but it is very worth it. Uh, my son, as I mentioned, has a lot of anxiety in the car, especially when he doesn't know where we're going. Just us needing to use the GPS stresses him out because it indicates that we don't know where we're going, right? And that was one of the challenges of this trip because we needed the GPS every day practically. Um, and when we used it, 
my son felt like he needed to, and this is what he was doing, which kind of became very stressful. Instead of just sitting in the back seat, relaxing and looking out the window, he needed to sit all the way forward so that his head was literally between the two front seats. And um, he would uh, follow that GPS and he would yell out where we're supposed to turn, um, what to do next. And But he was yelling it over the voice of the GPS, and my husband couldn't hear the GPS, um, you know, and then he was, my husband was also relying on me to let be looking at the map on the GPS. And it just, it just created, let's just say, tense situations at times. <laughs> um, because, but, you know, my son had that anxiety. So he needed to feel like he was telling us where to go. Like it was just very tense. Um, you know, but both my husband and I understand our son's disability and that he struggles with that anxiety in the car, even when we're at home. So we had to work hard to self-regulate ourselves uh, and to not act stressed or be stressed out um, so that, you know, we could, we didn't want to aggravate the situation, but it was, it was stressful at times. Um, so we made sure that we were as self-regulated as we could be so that we didn't act stressed out if traffic was bad or if we took a wrong turn or if we weren't really sure. Um, we really just tried to um, focus on the beauty of the scenery around us because we were in a completely different part of the country than we'd ever been in before. So just the geography was so different and it was so interesting. We tried to focus on those things um, and not on you know, so much the map and making sure we get all of those things right. So um, those are things to just take into consideration when you're traveling and understanding your kiddo and what their needs and, and expectations and things are um, so that you can support them successfully. Um, speaking of expectations, that is our next uh, very important tip is to adjust our expectations. And this is really something as parents and caregivers of children who have trauma histories and those who have been prenatally exposed, we have to adjust our expectations um, to our kiddos, really what they can do and understanding what they can't do. Um, and that has been a huge part of what we've had to learn on this journey as I mentioned, I had to be at Focus on the Family for uh, recording the video modules for the FASD um, project that I'm working on with them. And it was our first real day of the trip, not counting flying. My husband was excited. You know, you, you first get to on your first day of your trip and you want to explore, you want to see everything. He wanted to explore Colorado Springs while I was recording. So the plan was I, he would drop me off at like 930 in the morning to focus so I could go in and do the recording. And then they were supposed to meet me for lunch. Um, and I would have lunch with Derek Carter and, and, and Dr. Sharon Ford. We would have it together my son and my husband and I with them. Uh, <clears throat> so that's what the plan was. So <laughs> my husband, excited to be in the new town, first day of the trip, you know, you're wanting to get going and see things. So my husband wanted to drop me off at Focus and then spend the first half of the day just driving around, exploring, seeing what there was to see. Only my son very firmly announced that he was not going anywhere. He wanted to stay at the hotel. So 
I understood my son's reluctance or refusal really stemmed from him being out of his routine, being in unfamiliar territory, um, and just, you know, he would feel safer staying put, right? He didn't want to get lost. He was worried about that. He didn't want to go anywhere. Thankfully, my husband, who is learning to be more FASD informed every day, was flexible. I mean, I did have to kind of take him aside at one point and say, look, you're going to have to adjust your expectations because Slava's not going to be able to do all of that. Like, you're not going to be able to just traipse around for four hours, maybe pick one place to go or two places to go with him and like act like you know where you're going. Like, you're going to have to adjust what you want to do adjust your expectations. And, um, you know, my husband was able to understand that and did adjust his expectations. And they did pretty well um, that morning together. And then they were able to meet me at Focus and we had lunch together. Um, So that's a huge one, not even just on vacation, but every day, adjusting our expectations to take into consideration our child's developmental age their trauma history, their FASD symptoms, if they were prenatally exposed. Um, Adjusting our expectations will help navigating each day more enjoyable and more successful for our kiddos and for us. Always have to take those things into consideration. We also need to consider um, that our kids change at different ages and stages. Like I said, it had been several years since we'd flown and stayed in a hotel with our son. So this trip, he started to have a lot of anxiety about eating food and then needing to use the bathroom. It became an issue every day. Never had this issue traveling before, so I hadn't anticipated it. Um, But you know, my son was pretty adamant that he only liked using the bathroom at home. Uh, So every day, every time it was a meal, he just didn't want to order food or eat anything because he didn't want to have to use the bathroom. And this rigid thinking made each day a challenge as we explain the importance of eating food for energy and drinking plenty of water to stay hydrated in the dry climate. Um, Perseveration or rigid thinking um, can be very challenging to navigate. It it is part of FASD, especially. Um, And, you know, and we had one day in particular where he was stuck in this mode, started out at breakfast, we went out to a nice restaurant for breakfast before we were going to meet our daughter and her family um, to go out for the day. And he didn't even want to order breakfast you know, and he just kept saying, I'm not going to eat because I don't want to have to use the bathroom. And, you know, I, you know, insisted he eat something because we didn't know exactly when we were going to eat lunch again, and he would get hungry and he would need food and he had to take his medication. Um, And he just was became argumentative about it. And didn't, you know, didn't want to Um, listen and didn't, you know, want to receive any guidance and told me he knew better and, you know, was what was was more oppositional than I think he'd ever been. Um, So I struggled, you know, I had I waffled there for a moment and got um, stir like it got to the point where it was like, okay, we're done. Like, I'm not talking about this anymore. 
You're going to eat something. He agreed to eat one egg. He had one scrambled egg. Wouldn't eat anything else, even though I kept pointing out all the delicious things on the menu I knew he would like. He would only eat the egg. Um, and then, you know, took his medication and then wanted to go to the car while my husband and I finished. Um, you know, and, you know, but I, I got, I got, I didn't yell because I've learned, you know, yelling just would escalate a situation. But I got very firm and finally said, not talking about it anymore, you know, because he kept going around in that cycle of, I'm not going to eat because then I have to go to the bathroom and I only like to go to the bathroom at home and I'm not, and it was just like, you know, so it was like, all right, I'm done. I'm not talking about this with you anymore. And, um, you know, he, didn't like my sternness, but I was I was starting to feel myself be dysregulated by this cycle of, you know, I couldn't, you couldn't, there was no reasoning, right? It was like the lid was flipped, but it wasn't like, it wasn't, um, there was no yelling or meltdown or anything like that. It was just like the butting of heads, you know, there was no getting him to reason like, okay, I get it, I need to eat to be strong and healthy. And so I don't get sick and that kind of thing. It was just very difficult. Um, other days, I handled it better. But you know, he still and he, uh, he did eat on the trip. And he did use the restroom on certain occasions, because I know he did. <laughs> but um, every day, of this trip, he informed us that he did not want to eat because he did not want to go to the bathroom. Every day we made sure he ate something and we do know he went, but it was just this rigid thinking that we had to deal with and we never had to deal with it ever before. So while he traveled and flew, like we we flew to Nashville once and when he was much younger and we flew to Florida once when he was little, of course he had to fly here uh, from Ukraine when we adopted him, but we, we, that's a completely different story. We won't go there. But this was, you know, it's been a number of years since he's flown. So it just presented in a lot of different ways. Um, so adjust your expectations and plan on regulating yourself. Um, because, you know, you might have traveled a year ago or three years ago, but now time has passed and, you know, your child could be at a different age, a different stage, and things will present differently. So be prepared for that. So all of that, we're going to end on practicing gratitude. This is something that I do on a daily basis for myself anyway with a, a thankfulness journal. But on this trip, we intentionally reviewed the good news of the day. So my son tends to be very concrete in his thinking, like most kiddos with an FASD. And everything is either black or white. There's no in-between. Um, usually when he's telling us something, if he thinks it's not good news, he'll, he'll always say bad news, and then he'll tell us whatever the bad news is. Everything tends to be bad news. Rarely is there good news, right, when he's giving the report. So, And there's never anything in between. Very, very hard time finding any kind of gray. It's always you know one extreme or the other. Everything's a big deal. Um, so on this trip, we ended each day with a good news report, right? 
we would talk about whatever happened that day that was good news, you know. So good news, he got to play with his sister's dog. So those three dogs um, that we had to prepare him for um, are very well-trained dogs, and they loved my son. So they would hear us pull in the driveway, and they would bark, bark, bark. But then once we got in the house um, and they greeted us, um, my son just took to them, and they took to him, and he actually enjoyed going to their house each day. He actually wanted to go to their house um, and play with the dogs over sightseeing and whatnot, but we had to break it up and make sure that we were doing both and giving him time to do that because he enjoyed those dogs. So, you know, that was good news. We would say, oh, that was good news. You got to see the dogs today. Um, we got to visit Pike's Peak and go to the top of a mountain. Uh, the weather was beautiful. We would, you know, talk about that. Um, we got to see the beauty of God's creation and the part of a country we'd never been in before. We got to spend time with uh, Missy and Corey and Killian. So every day um, we tried to focus on ending the day on these are all, this is the good news of the day. This is what we're thankful for. You know, when we were traveling, we would talk about how God created this, you know, this vast creation um, and how how varied and how the variety is of the creation. So just always trying to um, point out for our son who tends to be on the, you know, see things very rigidly and very negatively. We always focused on the positives and the things that we were thanking God for and just practicing that gratitude to help him, but to help the weary parents out as well. Um, you know, and it, it even helped, you know, my husband and I to focus on what we did get to do, even if it wasn't always everything we'd hoped to accomplish, um, or if the day was challenging, because every day did bring its challenges, right? It's not easy. Um, it's not easy parenting at home, and it certainly isn't always easy traveling, um, but it is doable because, like I said, um, it really overall was a successful trip. Um, taking all things into consideration. And I recommend practicing gratitude on a daily basis. Um, so as we wrap it up again, um, the five travel tips, bathe everything in prayer, plan ahead, prepare your kiddo, adjust your expectations, and practice gratitude. So those five things are a great way to begin planning and getting ready for any travel that you're going to be doing with your family. Um, I certainly, again, don't claim to have all of the answers. In fact, my friend Debbie Raymond inspired my travel preparations, like I said. You know what? And maybe you have some of your own travel tips, something I didn't recommend rec uh, mention or didn't even think of. Um, but I would love to hear what your travel tips are. So if you have something that I didn't think of, um, email me. You can you can email me directly at Sandra Flack at justicefororphansny.org. Let me know what your travel tips are, what works for you and your family. And if you send them in to me, I'll gladly share them with our audience on a future episode. So there you have it. And I, I hope that you and your family do get to take an opportunity to go travel, visit, whether you go away for a weekend or for a week or longer, um, whether you're taking an airplane or driving, whatever you're doing, um, I pray that you're going to have an opportunity to spend some family time together, enjoy 
uh, God's glorious creation um, and get some rest. Um, Hope that you'll have an opportunity to do that this summer for sure. If you would like to learn more about FASD, how to apply the neurobehavioral model, how to accommodate your kiddos for success, you will want to take advantage of the trainings that I am offering. Again, as a reminder, there is a lunch and learn, a free lunch and learn intro to FASD on Thursday, May 11th at 1 p.m. Eastern. And there is a three-hour deep dive into FASD coming up on Wednesday, May 24th at 7 p.m. Eastern. And if you really want to dive in all the way, I have an 18-hour workshop beginning on Thursday, June 1st, 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, These are all online. Uh, And the the 18-hour is six three-hour sessions all using the FACETS Neurobehavioral Model. We do offer certificates of completion for every one of our workshops. And if you are a social worker licensed in New York State, we offer CEUs as well. To register for any of these workshops or to check out our upcoming trainings, visit our website, justicefororphansny.org and click on events. If you are interested in booking me for an online or in-person workshop for your group, agency, or even just for yourself, for your family, for your friends, or for you and your husband, or you and your wife, contact me also at my email, Sandra Flack at justicefororphansny.org, and we can set something up. Thank you for listening to this terrible voice today. Um, Thank you for listening to the Adoption and Foster Care Journey. I hope you feel encouraged and better equipped and supported by joining me today. Remember, for guidance on your parenting journey, uh, be sure to check out our website of resources. We have the Hope for the FASD Journey virtual support community our, our, and our workshops that we offer. In addition to this podcast, we're here to support you. Um, again, justicefororphansny.org is where you can find everything. Make sure that you subscribe to the podcast and let your fellow adoptive and fostering friends know about the show so that they can be encouraged and equipped too. And be sure to find and follow Justice for Orphans on both Facebook and Instagram. You can find me on both platforms as well. I am grateful that you spent your valuable time with me today. Looking forward to connecting with you. And I'm thrilled to have you along for the journey. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Adoption and Foster Care Journey podcast, brought to you by Justice for Orphans. We hope you were encouraged today. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave a review and share it with your fellow foster and adoptive parent friends so they can be encouraged too. Be sure to find and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Justice for Orphans. And check out our website for vital resources at justicefororphansny.org.